Hello, Kirg Noslu here from the Bep Retort. Safe for the recording industry, safe for the moral values of America, and safe for your listening pleasure. You can relax, America. We in the BH are safe for you. Left my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Alright, in that case, welcome to Mep Report number 89 September 6th, 2007 Welcome September 6th Yes. Keep in mind that if you're hearing Russ uh, more clearly than you ever have before, that's because Russ is sitting with Clea and myself in Eagle Studios. That's right. For the first time in MEP history, all three MEPers are in the same place at the same time. That's odd. Yep. But it's true. Think is about that it. wrong? Should we not do that? <laughs> Something's wrong. We're going to lose our TeamSpeak sponsorship. It's new speak people are like, what? Where did they? It's all audacity now. Crap. <laughs> so, so we want to say hello to everyone and welcome all in. And uh, yeah, Russ is out here for his uh, high school reunion. which that's was right. And his birthday. And, and his birthday. That's right. Happy day. birthday, by the way, Russ. And just to spite TeamSpak. That's really the only... Screw right. you, TeamSpak. <laughs> Happy copy. That's Thank exactly you. right. Thank you. Uh, so how's it feel to be 21, finally? How's it feel to be able to drink? <laughs> how old am I? I still get carded. I have no idea how. I, again, 28 is an age that has no meaning whatsoever. Like, you don't get to do anything other than go to your 10-year high school reunion, <laughs> which some people do. Is there, like, some political thing? Like, you have to be, what, 35 to be in the Senate, I That's think, right. And... 25 for the House, 35 for the Senate. Okay. So or, you're three oh, no, years. 30 for the Senate, 35 for president. Oh, is it? I think so. 35 for the Senate? I thought it was 35 for the president. Well, then. Could Greg, you... Greg got carded today, too. <clears throat> I did. Really? And he, and he doesn't drink. That's true. I bought a uh, I bought a computer game. I actually, one that I gave Russ for his and birthday. I thought you were less than 17. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it would, no, no. <laughs> it's mature rated. So they were like, you know, sir, you're going to need to give me an ID. And I was like. Okay, I was like, here is my license proving that my parents say it's okay for me to buy this computer game. But Greg um, was, Greg was, I think you were honored. Oh yeah, I was, I was vaguely, I was vaguely pleased. I mean, but everybody that, is, right? That's 18, right? That's not 21 for a mature video I think game. so. Yeah, I think that's right. There is actually, there's a game that uh, came out, I can't remember the name, no, I think it's like Death Striker, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, um, it was going to get the rating of AO, which I didn't know existed, which is adults mm-hmm. only, <laughs> oh. which is, <laughs> your ass is ours, I don't know. Anyway, um, it's this really ridiculous rating, and they had to change some things to make it mature. Now, mature rating is still like, you know, people getting blown up, disturbing themes, sexual content, all that kind of stuff. So you mm-hmm. wonder what the heck AO is. Like, that's where you personally get to execute, like, Gandhi or something. Like, One what, is, what is AO? Games. One of my favorite games is AO. It's uh, Hugh Grant's Whore Mangler. <laughs> it's really fun. You should look it up. Hugh Grant's Whore Mangler. You basically go through different levels of uh, hiring and then maiming uh, prostitutes. And- it's really fun. Um, I see. But, you know, not acceptable for everyone. It's no. not for every style of video gamer. But yeah, Mature is 17 plus, honey. So I guess maybe he doesn't know that, though. Maybe he thinks Mature is what he considers Mature, which he probably thinks is like 30 plus. Or maybe or my youthful appearance. He's like, this guy's got to be 16, despite his goatee. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's all subjective. Yeah, Whoever sure. The merchants think are Mature get the games. Well, I was wearing my Netherlands soccer jersey, so he may have thought I was from the Netherlands and thus sort of automatically more dangerous by principle. They're Where crazy Everyone has a pituitary disorder. They the do drugs. <laughs> yeah, when they're 12, they have like beards and nine feet tall. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's exactly the issue. <laughs> so it was very strange. But anyway, so um, where are we going with that? We were just you were talking, talking about, about presidents. Oh, yeah. And- so, being 35. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess you could argue that now that you're 28, you're three years past the age of going to the house, which means going you could argue house. you have experience. Yeah, you what could does be that a mean? Get be a house member. 
getting elected as a representative. Oh, I thought there was some euphemism going to like you know scoring inside, like going to the house. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you can't do that at twenty six, twenty five. You're twenty going to the house. <laughs> Now three years gone, you're past your prime. Take it to the house. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought you were saying. No, uh, no, but I mean, that's way now you could argue I've I've passed the point. I'm I'm no longer immature. You know, I've got three years of age under my belt, and you can elect me to the house. I was a mature six year old. Like <laughs> no, no, but they're not going to know that. You got to they the they, house? your voters, the people. Oh, the people. Yeah, the people constituents. Right, of which I have many. You have to care about them when you want to get elected. Unfortunately, yeah. At least until they elect you, and then you could forget about them. Yeah. Mm. For two years, and then you have to remember them again. Briefly. Yeah. I don't know what 28 is. It's another year. Is it good for car insurance? Does it help that? I think so. I think there's some demographic where I'm no longer, like, teenage male, which is, like, the most dangerous possible (laughs) person you can be. It's the early teenage, early 20 male. Yeah. The 18 to 24 or something like that. I've mellowed out. I'm past my sexual peak, and therefore I'm not going to (laughs) go crash cars into women, because that's how I think I'm supposed to pick them up. You know, I've actually heard stories about people who do that. They, like, literally will rear-end an attractive woman driving in the car just so they can meet her and get her number. Oh, really? In L.A., you know. I got the impression that you were saying that they actually ran into the women. Like, they found attractive (laughs) women to run into them, like Death Race 2000. Excuse me, miss. Hip check. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right, I thought it was an interesting step up from driving by and just yelling out the car. This time you drive by and then stop and... You know, hit him slightly more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more AO than mature. I think deck that's them. That, that stuns them, and then when they're stunned, then you ask them out. <laughs> they don't have their guard up anymore. <laughs> Mommy, how did you beat Daddy? Well, when I was you were a little girl <laughs> before you were even born, Daddy came up and hit me in the face, and while I was stunned, he married me. That's the story. It's not fair. I was stunned. <laughs> I had no idea. It's a powerful stun. I used to have a stun in my character in my Dark Age of Camelot. It was a nine-second stun, which is the most unfair thing in the world. World. Like you sneak up behind them, you essentially take your giant sword, do a full 360 spin, and like mash them in the back of the head, thereby cutting off their brainstem, which is a nine second stun. <laughs> Only nine seconds. <laughs> Only nine seconds. But it's forever. Well, I mean, well, when they come out of the nine seconds, they're dead. So it, it has. No, they're like, "Where's my brainstem? There it is." <laughs> I mean, you have so much time to kill them. You can sit there and, like, flick them in the forehead as they're sitting there. They're like, my brain stem. <laughs> sitting there, you're going to die as soon as I hit you again. It is pretty amazing yeah. the way that not only games but TV shows deal with stunning. Like, on Star Trek, the stunning was always hilarious because depending on how things would happen, you could, like, clock someone. Like, I've seen Kirk get clocked in the face. Like, basically just, like, bashed on the head. And, like, three seconds later, he's like, what? what? He's like, you know, and he, like, recovers and starts fighting back. Mm-hmm. There will be other cases where where the guy can, like, hit the bulkhead rather more than he should. Like, he just happens to get thrown back against the bulkhead. But not not even really. I mean, he just kind of, you know, falls back against the wall or something like that. That stun is enough to put him out for the next, you know, 20 years. Like, he just falls to the ground, he slumps over, and then they say something like, that should keep him for a couple of hours. So, stunning is inconsistent, I think. Can I ask, since we're on the topic, was there never any discussion about why it is that they didn't put seatbelts on, on the Enterprise? I know that that's been discussed. Probably, I'm. I'm sure there's some fan because that's it was a it set. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a real spaceship. You know what, Russ? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you don't take my questions seriously. No, like I just every time I picture Star Trek, when you talk about that, I picture people like throwing themselves forward to pretend that the ship lurched but always in the opposite direction by the way the ship turns left and they throw themselves forward for some reason in reality if it's traveling at like warp three and then it gets shot and everyone lurches forward they're all dead because they're going three times the speed of light out of their seat into a windshield and that's just not lurching (laughs) well no no but it doesn't it lurches but it lurches from like warp three to warp 2.98 right like it never goes from warp three to which is still ten thousand miles an hour which is plenty to kill you i guess that's true there's no lurching I, like you're in a car going 20 miles an hour down the I looked up seatbelts on the Starship Enterprise and I pulled up the uh, story about the New York Jersey's governor, you know, that got that car accident. Mm-hmm. John Corzine goes on a little Star Trek journey with his seatbelt. Like, is that the only way? How does Star Trek fit I don't fit know where it? Star Trek fit in, but it, it, it it's going off on the hypocrisy of the fact that he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Are you guys aware that you have slugs on your table, on your computer desk here? I'm sorry, what? Slugs, you know, fake currency oh no those are actually those watch are batteries, batteries. <laughs> oh they're slugs 
For a second, like, the things that people use in Chinatown to like break arcade machines so that they can <laughs> replicate them cheaply. For a second, I thought you were saying that like, we had sl- snails like crawling across. Are you aware that you have? Bleh. I thought it's he like was slugs. talking about you know you call slug. Don't you call like bullets slugs or like? You em- do yeah. yes. That's okay. what I thought you were talking so, about. One form of slugs is blank change. Which okay. is what I'm looking at right here. You're looking at a this watch. This is a blank actually. nickel. Yeah, that's... Are you counterfeiting nickels? Yeah. <laughs> is this how you guys get all this fancy equipment and I have a headset and a computer? <laughs> I love like... that for the last 15 minutes he's been exploring the table. He looked at my Costco I card. Think... I he know. looked at the. This is a Gold Star member Costco card. They all started Gold Star, actually. Because I was going to be like, how people already buy a lot. That's the whole point of Costco, is you buy a lot. So how do you get to be a Gold Star? Yeah, how much do you have to buy? <laughs> we buy in bulk. What? That's all Costco is. <laughs> I bought five pallets today of... Yeah, no, the fun thing is when you've reached your year and you go um, after you've done a whole year and you're checking out, they have people that will come up and uh, they all do the same thing like they were trained to do this. I happened, three people did it to me, so they all did the same thing. They come up, they scan your card, like I'm just going to check one thing, and they look at the number and then they go, oh, and they shake their head and they go, you know, what you should get is the business membership. Because then you start getting money back. But it's the funny thing is that they all do the exact same thing. They take the card, they scan it, and they all have been taught to do that same reaction of shaking their head. <laughs> they started, of course, with a sarcastic clap, but it didn't work as well. They look at the card, they're like, good job on getting the wrong card. And they're like, our focus group said this didn't really work. I don't really... People just got upset and punched people in the face. And they were stunned for nine seconds, but still. Do you really think they have, like, a pitch sheet that they hand out to these people with, like, emoting on oh, it? Oh, yeah. Like... I'm sure. Well, it was funny. There was one time... It's happened to me three times, and one time... The two of the times were in the same cash register. The first woman came up... And I have to admit, you, you can cut this later, Greg, if you want, but I have every once in a while a little discomfort with Russian immigrants. And... <laughs> Cue racism. <laughs> das das will all be edited. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear what she's going to say. Let, let the woman speak. This is important. Because she comes up and they all are the same. They're so forceful. They know what's right. There's no custom. I mean, the Russians should not be in customer service. Okay, I think we could all agree about that, right? Well, so you had a bad bell movement today? You have to make it my problem? Did you plug it in? You subhuman. <laughs> so you. she comes up and she's like, it's like she's scolding me. And she's saying, you should get this. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm not getting it. Can you please leave me alone? And then another woman comes up, and she's got the whole big smile, and she's trying to be nice and tell jokes. And I'm like, you know what? She was what? Czechoslovakian and had escaped from the Russian immigrants <laughs> right. in the Czechoslovakian the Russian satellite. Much nicer. <laughs> exactly. And I told her, I said, you know what? I'd like to listen to you, but I already have been turned off, and I'd rather appreciate if you could leave me alone. So she kept trying. of like, oh, well, that's too bad, because I'm like, you're still talking. Can you please leave me alone? I know. I'll leave you alone. It's only that I wish you knew that if you only... God, stop! <laughs> yeah, true. it's like, it's it's like oh, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm too bad. I wish I'd gotten to you earlier, because... I'm like, um, you know what? You're still doing the sales pitch. You know, these people, and Russ will identify with this as being somebody who himself has uh, been known to sell things over the phone. Um, it's like Please. it's like I'm you're an a- investment advisor. <laughs> exactly. I don't sell over the phone. How dare you, sir? It's like a lot of these people are like the equivalent to me of bump and go cars. Like they bump it, it's like no, and it's like you know, poof, bump around, and they try to go in for another angle. Like, well, perhaps you may not have heard me properly. Bump, no. Well, no, no, no. And they just keep doing did, the same thing, ever, but from different angles. Didn't you ever hear this? It's I think it's a telemarketing thing. That all sales start with, with no. no. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That is true. Which fortunately applies only to sales and not to rape, because that would really go the wrong direction. <laughs> Which is why... All rape All begin with sex no. starts with rape. <laughs> <laughs> it's rape. It's rape. Come on. You like it. Still rape. Still rape. <laughs> really trying? Okay, it's sex. It's sex. You win. No charge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was persistent, and it stopped being right. But that's exactly it, though. That's how ridiculous it is. Like, what do you mean all sales begin with no? I thought that all no began with no. Like, the answer is no. All right, well, thank you for trying. And they wonder why people hate salespeople. Yeah. No offense, Russ. Yeah. I'm not a salesperson. I don't even (laughs) get advice looking at me. 
I don't do that stuff. Well, I'm let me ask you this, Russ. Player. When, as an investment <laughs> advisor slash poker player, when you've had, when you've pretend, when you've been improving, you know, your pretend skit that you do about selling people things, when they say no to you, what does that cause you to do? Well, as you, you can imagine, having done it for two years and not being particularly emotionally invested in what I do, I'm not, you know, struck. Oh, no. Oh, no. But please, sir. <laughs> wife and babies to feed. <laughs> Must you sell you investment newspapers? <laughs> no, I mean, we are basically taught at work that you have to be persistent and that everything is a no because people are sort of preconditioned when they hear someone on yeah, the phone that yeah. they don't know. They're like, right. go away. I don't want whatever. Whatever it is that you have, I don't want it. Right. Don't need it. And then, you know, I'm like, you know, but if you listen to me for 20 seconds, you'll realize that, A, I'm the smartest person you've ever talked to on the phone in your life. <laughs> Not to be, you know, whatever. But, I mean, the, for the most of these people, when would they get access to me on the phone? <laughs> like, this is a treat. They should at least listen to the phone. This is like... My God, get Russell Gould on the phone to you, sir, for free. If you don't buy anything, and if you do, then you get some merchandise and talking to me for on the the phone. (laughs) So first of all, just listen and shut up for two seconds. And then the second thing is, you know, if you let me explain it, then they're all like, oh, yeah, not only do I like that, but I remember specifically requesting that two months ago, which is why I'm on your stupid phone list, because it's not random. It's like they yeah, no, sign true. up. It's not random. And then I random. call them after they sign up. like, who the hell do you think you are? How did you get my cell number? Are you a private investigator? I'm like, you gave me your cell number. You put it in the thing. Please call me. And here's my cell number. They're like, oh, well, I guess I'll buy it then. I find it a little bit disturbing. See, one of the ways that I avoid dealing with that is when I get a telemarketer, which doesn't happen because I've put myself on all the do not call list now. Mm-hmm. But when I get myself one of the telemarketers, the best way to do it is like, sorry, I'm not interested. Thank you. And then they're like, and I'm already hanging up at the, while they're doing it. And the sorry, I'm not interested. Thank you. Plus the hang up is yeah. the automatic. They can't do right. it. I did once have someone who called me back and I admired his chutzpah. He was like, I'm sorry, we didn't finish our conversation. I'm like, now we have. And I hung up we again. Have, uh, and he didn't call back again. But I admired that. But most of the time when you get the, you know, that plus the hang up, no matter how much you want to do the, you know, okay. it's over. As an insider, I'm going to offer you the following advice. Most people's reaction, which makes total sense when they get a call like this, is to like hang up as quickly as possible. Like run away, hang mm-hmm. up. That's not what you do. What you do is very politely, you stop them in the thing. You're saying, okay, I'm not interested. And would you please remove me from your calling list? Or I'm not interested. And would you please remove my name from your list? Never contact me in any form ever again. And by law, they're obligated to do that once you say that. But if you say, I'm not interested and I hate you and I want to set your family on fire, mm-hmm. they're going to put the call as not interested as opposed to <laughs> take this person off the list. Oh, wait, what if I say both? Can I say not interested? Please take me off your list. And I want to set your house on fire. Well, you can. But I've heard some fun stories about people who mess with telemarketers too much, not realizing that like. They have all of your personal information and services such as Google Earth, where they can like look at your address and they can call back and like, hello, sir. Yeah, we just spoke and I see that you live on uh, 1214 Mayflower <laughs> wow. Lane, which is actually a yellow house and in fact have a pool in the back and some toys <laughs> in the yard. And, uh, and then you start playing the Halloween theme. So be nice and request that you be taken off the list and they have to by law or else you can contact the FCC. And really stick it to him. Do you have? Did you ever work with anybody who tried to like violate that principle, and who's just like, I'm going to call no, and like call them back? Like, did you ever get anyone ever get in trouble with the FCC at your place? As far as I know, no. I mean, constantly our bosses are like, we're going to get fined fifty thousand dollars if you don't do this exactly right, and it's ridiculous. It's like if I don't tell the person that the call is recorded in the first thirty seconds, if I, like oh, yeah. at forty five seconds, I'm like, oh, and it's recorded, and they're like, we can get sued for seven million dollars <laughs> because you said it fifteen seconds too late, That's awesome. more than you've ever made in your time career it's all gone I hate you <laughs> and they're really really you know at that point you could be like no please take that. me off your boss list and uh never call me for lawsuits again Thank yeah you. seriously sometimes like you know I'll, I'll fudge it a little bit especially when people take an attitude with me a condescending attitude with me on the phone is not good because obviously i don't believe that any of these people i'm talking to are qualified to condescend me so one part one time when it's like you know what just, and they start screaming. It's like, I'm just like, mo- very pleasant. I'm like, hey, you know, it's Russ. That's your business. Today. They're like, don't call me. Over the list. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't do that. But if you want, I can take you off the calling list. And they're like, take me off. Over the list. 
And I'm like, well, look, how about instead, why don't we compromise and I'll take you off the calling list? And they're like, do you understand what I said? I'm like, look, I really wish I could do what you're asking, but the best I can do. You actually know what they're asking at that point? The best I can do is remove you from the list. Like, remove from list. Please. No. But how about remove from list? And they're like, die. I did that a couple times. Oh, God. What, die? Because they deserve it. Yes. Seppuku. Please. Remove from the list. Then I'm were, so then sorry. You, were for 20 you have dishonored me by saying no to my sales pitch. That's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, wow. you know most of the telemarketers that used to call when we did get calls from them, they. I mean, I, I never really had too much trouble with them because I, I always. I mean, I used to do canvassing. All of us know about the pergs, so I used to do canvassing for the pergs. But sales, the, yeah, right. Non-profit I mean, it was, sales. It was just a difference. Yeah, exactly. Enviro. You felt a little bit bad for sales. them, but. After a while, I was just kind of like, you know what? I can't deal with you people anymore. Like, I used to appreciate what you were, where you're coming from, but I don't appreciate where you're coming from anymore. And now I'm just annoyed by it. Uh, if I signed up for something and said, please call me, and then they called me, I wouldn't be like, take me off the list. Ah, la, la. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be doing that. But, I mean, if some random person is like, and it's always at 630, by the way, or 7. Mm-hmm. It's always directly, you know, as you're sitting down for the dinner. Yep. That's when it happens, which is a little bizarre, I think. I mean, yeah. are they, do you, I are they you trained to call at dinner? Are you right? trained to call at dinner? Are they like, yes. All right. We actually have large charts. We have a bunch of sociologists that we have on staff, and they determine for each part of the country, depending on the demographic who we're calling, when they're most likely to have dinner. And we look at the chart and we say, okay, white male, 26 to 34 years old in Wyoming, Cheyenne. When will he have? He will have dinner at six forty-five, and we wait, and then we call them, and we say, "Are you having dinner?" He's like, "No," and then we hang up. We don't even say who we are, and then you shoot one of the sociologists. <laughs> like you, you bastard! Failed. You have failed us. Thank you, must sir. Because you're not eating dinner, a sociologist must die tonight. Bite oh. full of meatloaf is the only time you can sell this to somebody. We found out. You know that that's actually what they used to do with some scientists in Nazi Germany. Is that if a, if a scientist assumed a certain result for an experiment, and the experiment was proved to be incorrect, you know, the experiment came out not actually confirming the hypothesis, there were cases where those scientists were executed for having made the wrong hypothesis. You guys are really going for the jugular tonight. It's like, first, you're like, you're a telemarketer. Now let me tell a story about the Holocaust. <laughs> are you having fun yet in I, Eagle Studios? No, I, did not say, I did not say Holocaust. Oh I just said God. Nazi scientist. Nazi scientists. These were the nice Nazi having scientists. Having nothing to do with the Holocaust. Right. They were studying bees. That's all. The just, Holocaust did not exist. They were New Zealandy Nazis. They were sympathizers, <laughs> but they didn't really do anything. <laughs> New Zealandy Nazis. They were a little removed from the main conflict. What, what did Australia song. do during their Second World War? They just kind of hung out and threw some shrimp on the Barbie, right? Did they have anything to do? They were do? part of the Allies, weren't they? Technically. Like, loosely. I mean, okay. So if all of the British criminals are in Australia, then they sort of... <laughs> maybe they don't. Maybe they're like, screw you. We're not... Oh, crap. We're British. <laughs> I <laughs> thought we were Australian. <laughs> but when we spoke, we had to be part of the Allied hey, forces. <laughs> crap. Can I? Yeah. So, so Clear tapes in, Australia during World War II... And so there's the Australian home front. There was a home front in World War II. When war broke out in September 1939, the Australian government was much better prepared for it than in 1914, where war had come home to Canberra. Canberra. I don't understand. Like, From Fowney War to all in. I don't even understand what does that. What that mean? All in? Alf. And that's when the cartoon puppet from the 80s sitcom Alf was invented. Because oh, actually, they say that when Japan got into the war, there was the threat so, of an invasion. So pretty Austria. much That's all this is is just Australia was was preparing to be invaded, so they were all ready. But what did they do? I mean, they did did sound like they actually did anything. They just look out. I've heard the Japs have got a new battleship that runs on koala blood. We've got to defend our local populi. It said the government used its powers to make a huge number of laws and regulations affecting all areas of people's lives. For example, they reduced the (laughs) Christmas New Year holiday period. They created daylight savings. What? What What is the point of that? We must save daylight in case we're all dead. We want to remember the sun. They made people wear yellow occasionally when they felt like it. And... Bread became the order of the day. Well, what is, and what, what was your reaction to the world war, the greatest war in the history of the world? We made a bunch of laws that made no sense. <laughs> Our legislators worked furiously to do nothing. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That's I pretty declare funny. today kangaroo roo die <laughs> in honor of the beginning of the war. 
Everyone to wear pouches on their shirts. Yeah, like what solidarity. unique? Like we know that that various countries contributed their own unique things to the world to the war effort. What exactly did Australia? Did Australia have a particular military thing which it could contribute? Like, do they have like mobile like kangaroo bombs? Like, well, how did? Yes. What, what could they contribute? Many Australians. I figured they'd have a navy. Isn't that like? I would, I would think if they're surrounded by water, islands. you'd think they'd have. So wait, but Britain if they're going to help the anyone, they'd have to navy. send the navy away, and then they could be taken over by Japan or somebody. Well, they were just defending and passing laws with the navy. That's all they could really do. <laughs> it sounds. I guess. It seems. It looks like they were mainly in uh, Africa and Asia while everything was going on, and they took care of Africa and Asia in the Mediterranean. That's Some of the more like. useless levels on on uh, battlefield. It's nineteen forty two. April twenty four. They were fighting in Greece. Many Australians were taken prisoner. That it's like it says the uh, then Australia declared war on Japan, which I think is odd. It says the HMS Sydney was sunk in the Indian Ocean. Didn't we do some nuclear tests like on the islands surrounding Australia, and they were sort of like oh really some of the small islands? Well, let's find out. It says Australians and Americans defeat the Japanese at Gona. I always we sort of <laughs> miss the Australian part, don't we? I mean, it's like six thousand Aust- Americans and one Aussie was there, and it's like, well, Australians were heavily connected to the. Uh, um, Good on ya, boys! Well done. We won again. <laughs> the Australians. Oh, listen, oh, all this. Right. Australians enter Salamawa. Australians enter Lai. Australians take Dumpu. Australians capture Finshaven. Yeah, if so none of you have ever heard of this, that's probably because these were not the most major islands ever. They're well, actually like coral the reefs. Philippines or something? <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they were taking care of Asia for us, I guess. I guess. Until it became difficult. Yeah. It's like, like Australians take Midway. No. Actually, <laughs> we had to do that ourselves. Look, the Australians captured Shaggy Ridge. So that was a big deal. Because otherwise, Shaggy Ridge would have fallen to um, the... Italians. Well, Harry Truman was actually of Australian descent, and he dropped the bombs on. Uh, yeah, on so Japan. that's how they helped. Oh, all right. Out. Yeah, so there you go. They, there you they, go. Uh, they helped out by dropping bombs. All right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> it says Japanese surrender signed in September second, nineteen forty-five. Australians and other Allied troops occupied Japan, <laughs> like Australians, and then there were some others there. Like I think the Americans did something, and you know those things. And it said evidence gathered for war crimes trials of Japanese leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's Which never happened. actually happened. They did get lots of evidence, though. Yeah. Then they let them go. Is that true? They never. There were never any war crimes trials with the Japanese, were there? It's also true that Harry Truman was not Australian. Yes. <laughs> I was there on that score. <laughs> right, okay. But I think you've shattered the image of our listeners, and I think that's upsetting. As long as I put enough fake, you know, factual information out there, I feel like I'm giving everyone enough homework to We should to deal add with. that to Wikipedia. Harry Truman was of oh, Australian descent. <laughs> he was also a faithful Australian national. But only before he dropped the nuclear bombs, then he stopped. There's a Wikipedia entry of military history of Australia during World War II. 39,000 Australians were killed. Wow. That's a a good 23,000 wounded by enemy action during the war. Most in horrible sunburning accidents. (laughs) And then Clea tries to cross-reference that with Harry Truman. (laughs) Harry S. Truman. Super not Australian president. Served (laughs) after Franklin D. Roosevelt. As president, Truman faced challenge after challenge in domestic affairs. First, he had to overcome the natural suspicion of Australians in America. Wow, this is... I'd never actually seen the edit feature in Wikipedia before. Yes, isn't it tremendous? Then he had to counter Australian ethnocentrism in the domestic (laughs) policy arena. Of which there is none. Finally, he had to set the stage for the greatest movies ever made, the Lord of the Rings movies, which would show up in New Zealand some 50 years later. Many people don't know that the original treatise that allowed us to film in New Zealand was, was edited by Harry at that Truman. time and signed by Aragorn, among others. Oh, my oh, that God. Went too, you went too far there, Greg. No, I did no, not. That's just yeah, silly. Aragorn. Signed by, oh. uh, what's his, the guy who wrote it? Right. By J.R.R. Tolkien? Right. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, no. <laughs> Amen. Let's see. It Did says, you just say J.R.R. Token? Amen. A man is what I said. Amen. Amen. If anyone's going to say that, I think Greg would say yes, that. Thank you. All right. Well, we won't edit. Do Why it. not? Edit it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Peer pressure. Do it now. Oh, Come on, I'm here. Truman. Do it. I'm here. And he was Australian and did crack cocaine on Tuesdays. <laughs> with, with what's his face? With Wesley Willis. With Wesley Willis. As I a young won boy. World War II. I won World War II. I went over to Japan. 
I said, Japan, I'm going to kick your ass with nuclear bombs. Japan said, try it. I said, all oh, here comes because I won World War II. <laughs> I won. It was the sequel to World War I. It was way better. And I was the winner. There we go. John Truman was a farmer and livestock dealer outside of Sydney. As a young boy in Australia, Harry Truman had three main interests. He has lost music, reading, and history, all encouraged by his mother. He was very close to his mother for as long as she lived, and his president solicited political as well as personal advice from her. Um, let's see. Truman also read a great deal of popular Australian history. <laughs> Popular Australian history. <laughs> the physically guys. demanding view he put it on Grand Vivor was a formative experience. Ethel the Oddvark goes quantity surveying. <laughs> after <laughs> Truman was the only president who served after 1886 not to earn a degree, a college degree. In Australia. Oh, in Australia. <laughs> Take this, wiki crazies. Can you find the random references <laughs> in it? In the post that nobody reads about Harry Truman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see. I've American- read every book written on Harry Truman, and nowhere do I find my research that he's Australian. So I'm eliminating half of your Australian references. Reference to <laughs> a month before the work. wedding, banking on their success at Fort Sill and overseas, Truman and Jacobson ordered opened a haberdashery of the same name at 104 West 12th Street in downtown Sydney. All right. I, I and... Activate. I don't think it ever sunk <laughs> in. I don't think it ever sunk in what you had done, Russ, until I like actually see it being done. Yeah, it's quite. <laughs> I like how Greg did. He was like Wikipedia engage, <laughs> <laughs> falsification of records, <laughs> energize, <laughs> safe age. Yeah, take that, internet. You try to be informative until uh, that report helps you. Harry Truman sucks. That's like waiting for in dot. Now like the whole page is frozen because it's like what Australia? Our records indicate that you are retards. (laughs) I must let Lars from Norway know about this immediately, dude. Can we link? Can we make a link from? Let's add a link to like the Australian consulate on the Harry Truman page. You know how I have the external links on the bottom for more information. See great figures of Australia. Everyone listening to the show should also now be falsifying some Wikipedia page somewhere. Join in somewhere. Absolutely. Some wiki vandalism. We're not diebold, but we do our part to vandalize Wikipedia. All right. Well, now that I've seen how it's done, that's all way too much excitement for me. I don't know. It's the most fun part is when somebody on the internet from somewhere else in the world looks, reads your thing, and they're like, I read why you edited it, and it's there. How did you do that? (laughs) Further proof of how ridiculous Wikipedia ultimately is. So, let's or see. how ridiculous we are. Yeah, I suppose. It's, it's what, both. What, what are the- <laughs> so, speaking of ridiculous, I wanted to bring this up because we haven't actually we haven't done a show uh, since since this happened. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the situation with uh, Senator Craig. So, how Senator do you feel Craig. about it, Russ? Yeah, what's your what's your take on this, Russ? Uh, well, you know, I've watched the news coverage and mostly, I don't know, it just seems like another Republican who was <laughs> religious and. You know, and against gay. against gay rights, and oh, by the way, also that which means that he's actively gay in his secret life. Yeah, he pled guilty, didn't he? Yeah, but apparently he was originally going to get out. He's of, trying to fight it, though. Yeah. yeah well, according apparently it was it was Arlen Specter who did that. Specter's like, I don't think you want to do that. And he was like, Really? And but why would he plead guilty if it's not true at all? Um, the idea was that he wanted to take away destruction from, quote, the great work that the Idahoans are doing, and, like, he didn't want to distract from the campaign. But then he realized that if he pleaded guilty, it would basically be an admission that he was a weird gay guy, you know, pretending to be a politician see, who they, was against it. But they always say that. They always say, oh, I did it for this, but then... Uh, well, and of course, always... the other funny thing is that it has. they're not worried about the whole, like, public solicitation of sex. They're concerned. He's just like, yes, I may have solicited sex, but I'm not gay. Yeah, like, if he had been a sexual sex, for God's sake, man. Exactly. Like, the guy, Vitter, who was associated with that prostitute, you know, uh, the person who had that, the, 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 mat, the DC madam, the one who had all that stuff in their call list, mm. that's fine, apparently, because, A, he was never convicted of anything, which I don't really understand the of that but okay and b of course it was heterosexual so that's fine you know that's just that's just having an affair on your wife and getting it on that's what it comes down to and i mean i just find that hysterical like his biggest concern is i'm not then of course his kids are coming out they're like our father we believe that he's not gay because clearly we're here i mean because right. he they, they were surprised they were surprised he did they actually adopted <laughs> That's stupid, man. Mommy, why are we adopted? Well, your daddy never wanted to have sex with me. But what? He's not gay. <laughs> he's not gay. He's just extremely polite. There it is. John Truman. 
Sand dealer outside of Sydney? Yes, yes. Find it. I dare you. The hell with you, Wikipedia. Wicked Nazis. <laughs> find this. Haberdashery in downtown Sydney. That's You'll great. never find it. But yeah. So <laughs> obscure vandalism is the best kind. I know. Stays under your radar. Yeah, no, they 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 were so shocked by the allegations and him pleading guilty. The the news report said that they asked they asked him. They talked to him. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you talked to your dad. Dad, are you gay? No. And so- we can assure you that he's at least not a pederast and a pedophile. <laughs> he may be gay. We can't verify that. Well, they didn't say that. They just said, we asked him, and he said he's not gay. Imagine yeah. the daughter's like, look, he only molested me, but my brother tells me for sure he never molested me, so he can't possibly be gay. Like, all right, well, that's... They did that thing enough. that they do in the Spanish Inquisition, where, like, the first, before the torture, they just, like, ask, you know, are you gay? No. Are you gay? <laughs> no. For the God's sake, cleanse your soul, are you gay? Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, I knew repent. it. Repent. I mean, that's what they did. So, do you? Th- here's the thing that I don't fully understand. Why exactly? I mean, because Romney was like, "It's disgusting. It's terrible. It's this. It's that." So, what exactly made it disgusting? Is it the gay part? Is it the like from from the perspective of the Republicans who are against this? What makes this disgusting? I think it's a combination of the gay part and the hypocrisy part. That I mean, they're not going to say like Barney Frank is a disgusting human being, but they are going to say someone who spends their whole life saying one thing and doing something else is probably not lining up with the the moral fiber that they you know expect from their colleagues. Well, I hope it's that. It could also be that this whole in mean, how he was caught, what he was doing, and that whole cultural phenomenon they might find disgusting. What was he doing? Well, did he like? <clears throat> What it is touch is, another man's foot in a stall or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It, what it is is there's particular signals that sit back, listeners. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> the sociologist <And> now, <laughs> explains. <laughs> First, there were gorillas in the mist. Now there were men in the bathroom. After you, Diane Fossey. Underground gay socializing. Right. Well, so there are certain. Um, <laughs> Craig, <laughs> it's gorillas in the mist. Come on. <laughs> There are certain men's bathrooms that um, had this particularly happen. Really? So p- the first issue... How do you know? Were they in like truck stops and... <laughs> it's I don't a star. Know. But that's the first thing is bathrooms. that he was in a bathroom that's particularly known for this and has been known for this for like since the 70s. Wait, um, wait, what? This bathroom has been like the place where you go? Yeah. <laughs> what if you just happen to go in there like by accident? Welcome to the Bud Pirate well, Emporium. <laughs> You want the key to the bathroom? No, it's totally fine. Just here, take the key. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, well, turn around. I, that's the thing, is that sorry, so that this cop, I believe this cop knew this whole scene and knew this the signs that you're supposed to give, hence the reason this guy was arrested. I think if he didn't know that, he would have just thought maybe there was just something wrong. Because, yes, the signal, one of the signals, is that you tap your shoe... And or another signal is that you tap the guy's shoe in the stall next to you. Now, now any normal cop or any normal person might just think maybe this guy needs toilet paper or... But what if you're Gregory Hines with a nervous twitch? You're just like... Right, or or like one guy in my office said, you know, what if he was just tapping to the music in the background? I don't know. But for whatever reason, this cop... The music being, what is love? (laughs) Oh, baby, it over... But so, and then obviously is the part that Mitt Romney could find disgusting is that after, if, you know, he taps and the guys are, the whole concept is you'd be able to do this without making any noise, having anyone know what's going on. So how in the heck did anyone find out about this? Well, because the cop was the So one the whole concept is the oh, cop... Oh, a cop on the foot. Yes. yes. Oh, and dear. he shouldn't have been able to see that because there was a nice shiny badge on the cop's toe of his shoe. And he still didn't, uh, you know. Yeah. That is great. So, so technically he I got like arrested for tapping a cop on the shoe. And you should but never see, do that, by but, the way. But see, here's what's even funnier, I Especially think. when he's on the toilet. He then started to get into a big argument with the cop over, first of all, whether... Because he tapped his foot and then supposedly he lowered his left hand and ran some 
paper under the or ran like his hand under the stall and like the cop said he did this and he's like no i used my right hand to pick up a piece of paper and the cop was like no sir there was no piece of paper and he's like yes there was and it was my right hand and if you look at the angle of the hand like when you know your cynic career is riding on the angle of the hand right. and where it was you know you're in trouble mm-hmm. and apparently when he left the stall and he was getting interrogated by this guy he handed him a business card you know showing that he was a senator and apparently he said and i quote what do you think of that I was like, either that means you he's have still sex with me now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, don't arrest me, but you can have sex with me. Like, well, what do you mean? What do you think of that? My favorite explanation that was uh, in the media later on was that his feet touched the other guy's foot because he had an unusually wide stance. Yes. Like, no, that's what he said. That's one of the. Stance. I need my butt to be as far in the toilet as possible, so I stand extremely wide. That is one. I of, keep my center of gravity very low. That's one of the excuses he gave. Is that he? The reason his foot did that is that he likes to go to the bathroom by putting his feet far apart. Wow. So it, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, he was scraping the barrel, so I guess it's only a matter of time for him to plead guilty for him to go through. Well, it was the angle of my hand. Well, you see, I like to plant my feet three feet apart. You mean you don't stretch your hamstrings while pooping? <laughs> I just like to make an efficient use of the time. I don't see what your problem is. I was way in the to go, Idahoans. Way to go. You know what that reminds me of, Greg? When you were talking about how you're uh, you have to make all these explanations and you know not to be in a good situation. Yeah. Reminds me of Donald Trump. Like, the man has towers named after him. He supposedly is this, like, billionaire. Right. Yet every time he's interviewed, he's like, I swear to God, I'm not bankrupt. Stop asking me if I'm bankrupt. I have lots of money. Look at these women. Look at that building. It has my name on it. I have. I swear to God, I've got money. And nobody believes him. You want to say, I'd like to say, I'd like to say on the record that I think Trump has jumped the shark. Meaning the Rosie thing or what? No. Meaning he's selling now books or tapes or videos right. of how to make money. He's, Trump he's selling one of those things of like, listen to me and I'll tell you how you could be a billionaire. Oh, I saw the commercial The Trump that. way. That, he's totally jumped the shark. Chapter one. I swear to God, I have money. <laughs> you should listen because I have lots of money. But I don't understand. I thought this that he had somehow charity. recovered and gotten through his I've lost all my money stage. I thought he had yeah. like done that and now he'd survived well, and now but, he was the man. But now right? the whole apprentice thing is kind of falling through. So maybe, I don't know, he's... He's sharing And what he, knowledge. like, invested, he bet all of his money. He's like, this show is going to go for five seasons. I bet everything I have, it will go five seasons. Like, what did he... I don't understand. You know, I used to get mailings because I live in Beverly Hills, which means I'm just subscribed to very strange mailing addresses <laughs> and mailouts. One of which was from Donald Trump's daughter, I believe, who was giving a special conference. Ivanka. Like, was that... I think that's her, his, okay. his daughter, yeah. I think it is, yeah. I think it was Ivanka Trump who was giving some kind of conference in a local hotel for women... About, like, making money and being a female entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. And, of course, the letter was addressed to Mrs. Russell Guberman. Sure. Like, as if my wife, I'm like, honey, go see Ivanka. <laughs> they just send it to everybody. And if it's a male name, they put Mrs. in front of sure. it. Sure. Hoping that the marriage... <laughs> honey, you're always out at work, and I never do anything. Can I go learn how to make money from Ivanka Trump? I so, like her. I was very close to taking my friend Piam, and the two of us would go to, like, a women's conference on, like, how to be an entrepreneur. And be like, oh, I have an invitation, sir. I have <laughs> gender requirements here. Yeah, look at this what say you <laughs> says my name on it is it not you it's are clearly funny. not mrs russellman i'm closer to mrs russell guberman than any other human being is on this planet <laughs> except for the russian girl who proposed to me a few weeks yeah. ago that's true she's, so she could closer. go but other than her i definitely could go the thing about trump is that when trump made that stage where where he entered the wrestling thing you know he did this thing where he was fighting like he was supposedly fighting vince mcmahon and whoever lost would lose his hair are you sure you're not confusing him with the million dollar man ted dibiase no although that person was also solid. No, what are, what, they were betting on something. What was their uh, well? Their, their their wrestler would win. It was like they were going to get right. in a fight, and they're like, yeah, instead we're going to use our wrestler. To, to they, they did. Well, Vince McMahon lost and got his head shaved right. by Donald Trump and his wrestler. Because there's no way Trump would ever agree to shaving exactly for exactly. a wrestling promotion. But like to me, it's like now if you I don't know if you're somebody like if you're someone like Donald Trump, right? The last thing, I mean, wouldn't you want to try to maintain some credibility? Like, you've got The Apprentice, you got everything else. You jump the shark at the point that you're in the middle of a wrestling ring in front of people, half of whom think what just happened was real. Like, when they hit someone on the head with the iron chair and they somehow survived, you know, being hit on the head by the metal chair. And yet, that's going to be where you get your exposure? Like, I don't, and he's like, oh, it's for charity. I'm like, well, yes, it's, I, I imagine it is, but. 
I mean, what? So that was the point where he was jumping the shark. He's an attention whore. Yeah. No, and that's is. really the You're problem. Right. He's no, an attention right. whore. So he's not happy with the money. He just needs the bad publicity to feel happy in addition to the money. Sure, exactly. It's it's really no different than what Craig did, and except that instead of soliciting, you know, gay sex, he solicited, you know, wrestling attention. And now he's soliciting people to pay attention to the way he makes money, which was mostly stumble around a bit during the 80s and hope for deregulation, right? As far as I understand it. I think he's awesome. <laughs> Let me play as I do from right. time to time. The devil's, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Donald Trump is great. <laughs> he's a role model for many people with comb-overs who think that they should have more money than they do. Because, and always claim to be rich. Yes. Like all the idiots who drive around Ferraris in L.A. and pick up women. Well, I have to, I have to admit, every once in a while, I think of, I think of him whenever I see, um, whenever there's someone asks me for money in New York, which happens quite often. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't say all the time. A few of the times when that happens, I think of the supposed quote of Trump's when he was at his all time low and they... It was with some woman, whoever he was with at that particular time, and they passed a bum, and he said, that person's actually worth more money than I am, since he was so many millions of dollars in debt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about that when you know, someone asks me for money, and I, and I just think to myself, well, actually, you know, I have bleep amount of debt that I don't think you probably have, so actually, you should be giving me money. That's right. How many bums are paying off their college loans these days? Right. And then... All of a sudden, you're hit in the face by a fish, and you're like, wait a minute, that's ridiculous. A fish? I was just trying to think of something absurd enough to make you realize how that logic really doesn't work. Oh, you that's sleeping with the fishes, sorry. <laughs> I, I was like, fish. I was just trying I to think of a... Fish. That's where you stand stunned for a while. Yeah. I guess it would be the Monty Python. Fishy, fishy, fish. So I want to change yeah. the subject to another person who's jumped the shark. Well, you can't do that because I had a very <laughs> clear line through the crazy, surreal this Monty fish? Python sketch. I see. All right. Well, go ahead. Fishy, fish. You I'm just sorry. wrestled Go up to the deck and let me know what it's doing your set. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up this movie which came out and which got universally destroyed, not surprisingly, by critics. The movie which is called Balls of Fury and is about apparently people ping playing pong. ping pong. Well, you know, they're just, it's a comedy. They're just trying to have some fun. But the person I wanted to bring up was Christopher Walken. Who I know I have not seen the movie, nor will I ever see the movie. But apparently, Christopher Walken is this guy. He's we- all I know is that in the trailer, he's wearing a cape, and apparently, he's like the head guy. A kimono, I think. Co- oh, is it a kimono? Is it is? And he has long hair. He looks yeah. kind of like Dracula, vaguely. Mm-hmm. And so, I was thinking, when you think about careers that have jumped the shark, is there anyone whose career has jumped the shark more no. than Christopher? When, when you're Christopher yes. Walken, you don't jump the shark. You're, you're never on the shark. You're, you're there's yeah. I mean, there's just how do you take that script? Like it's about ping pong. There's so many people that will watch the movie just because Christopher Walken's in it, though. Yeah. But that's he, kind he of like, like the train wreck theory, theory, right? The whole thing. Yeah, but it's, it's kind it's of the train wreck It's a comedy. Come on. It's a ridiculous comedy. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sad, though. Why You're is like, it sad? Because this is a guy who, you know, he was one of the big villains in one of the Batman movies. And he goes from that to being the leader of he was? some what? ping pong culture. What was he? In Batman uh, Returns. With uh, he was with the penguin, and it was remember. Okay, wow. it was the second oh, Batman movie. He was the mayor. He was the mayor. Yeah, not really a like a okay. secondary. Yeah, bad, just because he kills off a, the Catwoman. Not a super villain per well, se. I mean, he wasn't like the actually penguin. Catwoman kills him. Yeah, yeah, but originally he kills the Catwoman. He thought. Well, he yes. kills the her. He pushes her other out identity, out the, turns right, her into right. Catwoman. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That was Christopher Walken. See, now he He's went from that lo- role to no. this. He, honey, he's, his his whole career is made up of ridiculous roles. That's just what he does. He's a, he's an avant garde actor. He does avant garde. That's a nice way of putting it. If I act in many, if I become the Ernest Borgnine of two thousand seven, I don't want to be known as avant garde. Not really crappy. Who ended up acting in like Escape from New York? Isn't Ernest Borgnine considered like one of the great actors of like, Ernest the Borgnine? 60s? Yeah. Why? Because he was in Escape from New York? He was in the Poseidon Adventure. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, stuff. And Escape from New York. And his other action movies that were not particularly well made. He was in Airwolf. The TV show? The TV show. Yep. He was uh, the other helicopter pilot. Can't do TV work if you want to be that highly rated. Movie. No, that's right. Yeah, no, that's that. That's jumping the shark. Yeah, I guess so. But, all right, so you guys just don't think that Christopher Watt, like, you don't think that he should have some standard to kind of uphold? Like, I mean, the, I'm the saying that he's being true to his standard by doing this movie. He's a quirky actor, and it's a quirky comedy. Yeah, it Christopher says, Walken's kind of a loon. He won an Oscar. Look at this guy won an Oscar. 
He won an Oscar was award? Was that for The Deer Hunter or something? I, I, it could very well be, which, by the way, is a great movie. So he won the Oscar, and then he decides to do that? I mean, come on. I mean, he's literally being interviewed, and they're like, you know, what would you like to do? He's like, you know, I'd really like to have a tail. I'm like, that's... <laughs> His interview. He's just crazy. Right, he's just crazy, Greg. He's being he's true crazy. To himself. Christopher Walken. Look, he was in he was in Annie Hall. He was in um uh, Biloxi Blues. Very good movie. He the was in to my career. King of New York, Batman that Returns. I can't read. So I take the scripts. He, he was in Wayne's World too. But see at that point he's starting to jump the shock a little bit. Then no, then all of a sudden no. my impression just jumped the shock. Then all of a sudden we go The Prophecy, <laughs> The Addiction, Nick of Time, Ripper, Nick Privateer of time. Two, The Darkening, which oh, is a video game. God. The funeral um, the excess baggage. Darkening. Isn't that called also called Dusk? Like, <laughs> the sun is it's getting darkening. Dark. Madonna, the video connect- collection. Begin he was in darkening. Madonna, the video collection. Um, yes. Everyone wants Dennis... Or he was in Joe Walken, Dirt. Who, for some reason, I confuse with Dennis Hopper, like, all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, same guy. He's but in The really Stepford not. Wives. Yeah, he was He was the main guy, Um, the main bad guy in it. Yeah. And now he's got three more movies coming up. Citizen Brando, $5 a day, and The Dirt, where he's going to play Ozzy Osbourne. At least it's not the sequel to Joe Dirt, which he was also in, I see on that list. Which is also not very good. And he danced with Julie Garden, Garland at Liza Minnelli's 16th birthday party. Well, and right, he played, he's a big dancer. He's done a few bunch of music videos. Too. Yeah, he played John Travolta's husband in uh, Hairspray. Right. So you guys aren't at all troubled by... His career. No, I'm saying he would have he would have jumped the shark if he had not taken this role. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. and you think that's true? It's just the kind of I mean, that's the kind of actor he is. You expecting to be in the English Patient? It's Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a little bit stunned in this picture. Actually, he's, he's got a pompadour for God's sakes. That's true. He does, and he's in the movie Hell Dorado. Nice, outstanding. All right, well, fine. So Christopher Walken didn't jump the shark because okay. he never was there to begin with. That's fine. All right, well, although we could do this clicking and looking at pictures all day, uh, <laughs> time has come. Make sure that you uh, make sure that you check in with us. Make sure that you call the line. Make sure that you email us. Please let us know, um, you know what you think about the show, and please spread the word because we really appreciate that kind of thing. And otherwise, um, I think that's all we got for this week. So uh, we'd like to thank Russ for being out here. And uh, this is just a preview of what's to come since Russ is finally going to come back to the good side of the good side of the country very soon. East um, of the Mississippi. East of the Mississippi. And until that happens, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Stop playing with those batteries. They're slugs. <laughs> They're not slugs. I'm going to put this in a machine and watch a rooster play tic-tac-toe and win, because that's what you do in Chinatown with slugs, is you play roosters in a cage who know how to play tic-tac-toe. It's the machine, most arcade machines accept quarters. The machine that only accepts slugs is the rooster tic-tac-toe game in Chinatown. Harry Truman won his first <laughs> amount of money by playing with Chinese... No, this part's true! <laughs> no! The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day away.